This is the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Illumina Genomics Podcast. I'm Paul Broman, and I'm a scientific liaison here at Illumina. Every podcast, I'll interview top scientists whose work in genomics is shaping the way we think about science and our world. On a recent visit to the European Molecular Biology Laboratory, or EMBL, in Heidelberg, Germany, I met with Dr. Vladimir Benesch. Vladimir is head of the Genomics Core facility at EMBL. The Genomics Core facility, or GeneCore, is the central resource of advanced genomic services for the EMBL research community. Vladimir joined me on the Illumina Genomics podcast to discuss the kind of research he and his colleagues do at EMBL. First, Vladimir describes what types of users rely on GeneCore. EMBL is uh, formed um, by a consortium of 23 member states plus two associated member states. And this uh, consortium is actually growing. So because funds are also coming from member states uh, as a return on investment from them, they have access to infrastructure of EMBL and it includes genomics core facility. And uh, so we have, uh, we are processing annually around 10,000 samples of various sorts and for various applications, but half of them uh, are coming from external users. GeneCore initially started as a Sanger sequencing and qPCR service provider. But by 2007, these older technologies were supplanted by newer next-generation sequencing, or NGS, technology. The transformation coincided with the release of the Illumina Genome Analyzer, or GA, which allowed users to sequence one gigabases of DNA in a single run. So Genomics Core Facility has started now more than 15 years ago and uh, initially it was uh, single-pass DNA sequencing, primarily some microarrays and qPCR. But then 2007, late 2007, changed everything. Uh, that's when we start hearing about, at that time, GA's instruments. And uh, at that moment it was clear that uh, we cannot we support everything, so single-pass DNA sequencing has been outsourced. And we got our first uh, GA in, uh, in late 2007, and at that time I haven't thought that uh, only a couple of years later we would have four of them, and of course there will be new, new instrumentation coming from, from Illumina. In 2007, 454 pyrosequencing was a popular NGS platform and it featured relatively long sequence reads compared to the GA. GeneCore's decision to adopt Illumina's short read sequencing by synthesis, or SBS platform, was based on research needs and versatility. Actually, the decision to invest into GA was preceded by kind of survey among the scientific community of EMBL to find out what would be their, their main interest, which type of reads, and it turned out that short reads regarding for application like immunoprecipitation, RNA-seq, even when it was still in its infancy, would be the main interest, not necessarily the long reads. We, we have seen developments of GAs and it has become better instrument, more stable. It has become a very useful system. Of course, there are some other instruments around or concepts or some pieces of hardware and people ask also about that. But what I have seen that Illumina 
is ultimately the most versatile of uh, new generation sequencing solutions available. Uh, and I think that's extremely important for, for GeneCore, for core facility such as uh, um, at the MBL. Fifteen years ago, when GeneCore started, there were very few examples of similar genomics core facilities in Europe that could be used as a model. Vladimir recounted his learning process, and he also talked about the excitement and novelty during those early days of NGS. At the moment when we were approaching the decision which platform the instruments installed in Europe, there were not that many. I think that one of the first GAs was in Tübingen, in Max Planck Institute. So we went there, we talked to people there to again learn as much as possible what it would take. The library preparation, it was all very raw. Right. It was all kind of like highly, highly experimental and uh, certain things were not known. But of course, as the community has been growing, then also experience has been improving and uh, people knew more and they also became bolder in trying new things, experimenting. And suddenly realized that it's not only maybe for reading genomes or that you can start trying, looking other parts of nucleic acid space in, in cells. It was a very exciting period in a way. To live through that was, uh, again, very positive experience. And uh, to see people and that excitement of the moment, right? That's something which is going to change the way we are practicing. Since GeneCore receives 10,000 samples every year, I was interested to know a bit more about the kinds of samples they work on. I asked Vladimir to describe the types of samples he receives. Were they primarily human samples? No, we are dealing with uh, many other samples. Human is included to lesser extent, actually, but um, it's also amazing. It's one of these things you otherwise wouldn't learn. How many interesting organisms uh, people are working on. When you ask them why is that, they say, well, they have this particular feature, they just develop so rapidly, or they, you cut them here and they regenerate within hours. It's exciting as well. So, so we are seeing many other, many organisms, uh, let's say, including human. But with that comes another challenge because it's not all behaving the same way. One of the main technical challenges in dealing with multiple biological sample types is isolating good quality nucleic acids. Vladimir discussed how experience can be a good guide for how to proceed with DNA isolation from divergent samples. The samples, uh, the, the quality, let's say again, the sample depends uh, what uh, is its source. And uh, we have some samples from, from marine uh, biosystems, and some of them are extremely hard to get to nucleic acid to isolate it. And of course, the more, the harder you are on that uh, specimen, the more likely it is that you lose that sample or that it won't be good. So it's, uh, I think this amassed experience is also our asset. We just see there are so many protocols for kids to generate or pure isolate genomic DNA. Uh, some are very harsh. And because so far we still need to fragment DNA to build a library. If you are too hard on, on DNA and then you need to fragment it, actually it can disintegrate uh, on its own. So these things are there as well. And um, yeah, our goal is to, to help people to make them that they, they get results which they uh, hope to get. And, yeah. Vladimir has seen a lot in terms of NGS trends. As DNA sequence depth and throughput has increased, scientists have become more creative in how they use sequencing technology. 
This has also fueled important scientific discoveries. Vladimir discussed how the stability and robustness of the Illumina sequencing platform has been key to these developments. So I, I say as the, the hardware has been maturing, when this has been taken care of by Illumina in this case, truly, then things like application range spectrum has just exploded because the stability of the platform, some of the, some of the applications which are practiced uh, on new generation sequencing are very demanding on sample harvesting. It may take a uh, while. These days, people see single cell sequencing as a normal application without much sweat. Not so long time ago, even sequencing five nanograms or 10 nanograms of RNA was simply very hard, technically challenging to prepare that library, right? The platform, okay, it has, has hiccups, but generally, it has become reliable. Then I, I would really say the application range has been uh, the, the, the biggest change in that, in that arena. Because we are realizing, yeah, there's not only genome and there's no transcriptome, there are modified bases there, of course, uh, how things come together, how it's folded. Can we look at that all? And uh, if you can rely upon robustness of that hardware, which is, of course, essential component of the workflow, and you can start play and, and be high, extremely explorative uh, in, in the other things. So I, I would say this people creativity, what to do with the platform that I would say has exceeded uh, my, my expectation. Genomic scientists are increasingly using integrated approaches, combining DNA and RNA sequencing, and even epigenetic analyses. I asked Vladimir if his genomics core users have also expressed interest in integrating NGS with even more approaches, for example, metabolomics or proteomics. Absolutely, we, we see I think it's this uh, advancement of the knowledge or like improving our knowledge generally that uh, nucleic acid space in cell doesn't explain everything as the proteome doesn't explain everything. Uh, metabolome or is very critical to assess the, the condition of cells. So these integrative approaches will be more and more coming and uh, will, I am convinced that uh, genomics, proteomics, metabolomics will, will become one territory of the of the analysis of cellular states the challenge is data and how to because each of the the modules of that package so to say has different data format different output different complexity and to piece it all together that's that that is extremely challenging and i think there is not yet adequate mathematical apparatus to embrace that space to to, to handle that with genomics moving fast and enabling important and exciting scientific discoveries, I asked Vladimir what excited him the most about the field. Amazing thing, what is growing output. It brings its own challenges and we need to address them. To experience, right? it's, all, it's actually very, it's amazing. So I am looking forward to what, what's coming next. Uh, we see new platforms emerging. Uh, I hope that uh, some of the issues which are let's say technical limitations of these platforms will be addressed that is my on my wish list in addition to illumina sbs technology other technologies are being developed for ngs vladimir shared his thoughts on the potential for these alternative platforms to impact at least some sequencing applications i asked if there were specific platforms he found particularly interesting 
nanopore sequencing of whatever flavor. I, I know that there are several concepts out there. Advancement there is maybe slower than the community would like. This is something what we see the difference in it's application dependent. And uh, in this regard, again, you need to distinguish because if you do immunoprecipitation, you need not uh, ask for 50 kilobases uh, long reads. But um, for some other applications, this is extremely important. So I think this we are looking at and I, we see certain potential. So what I found exciting, let's say for my scientific interest, that how many different ways people try to implement to read the sequence. And some are very esoteric, and but already the fact that people try to implement them is amazing. Obviously, there are also people willing to invest uh, into this, some right esoteric solutions. But uh, why not? Because you always learn something out of it. Finally, Vladimir shared his motivation for running the genomics core facility at EMBL. I think what satisfies or makes me come every day is yes, there'll be hopefully another satisfied user who is getting good data. And yeah, I, I, I think that's the, that's the motivation here. Well, that's all for now. Be sure to follow our podcast so you won't miss any of our interviews with genomics experts. I'll be back next time with another interview on the Illumina Genomics Podcast.